0: Growing and scaling a business is complex. It can be very scary and lonely trying to navigate it all. It comes down to the community of trusted people you surround yourself with. Let's dive in to the Business as People podcast. Joe, awesome to have you back. As you can see, I have my daughter here with me, my Uh three-month-old. This is life, you know, it's life blend. But I think hopefully she will participate and learn a lot today because we're going to talk about leadership development and some questions underneath all that, right?
1: You're displaying a great leadership skill right now, right? With this multitasking. It's very impressive.
0: We'll see how it goes. All right. So the first one here is something you and I chatted about before. Do you know your leadership style and why is it important? And as a leader myself, you know, it's something I constantly am am trying to understand and it evolves over time. So when someone, a CEO or another leader is thinking about that, walk us through, like, how do you go about finding that style for a leader?
1: Yeah, that's a it really... Uh, a timely topic because you know coming out of 2020, as you know, so many organizations have had to pivot their strategy and that's really tested a lot of leaders' ability to execute on that strategy. and people have found out a lot about what we would consider you know natural leadership style and what role that plays in organizational success. And so when we look at leadership style, there's really, three key components to it. The first component is leadership DNA, meaning not necessarily what people are capable of or not, but rather what feels comfortable and what doesn't, right? So some concrete examples of that might be, hey, certain leaders are more comfortable with tough conversations, right? Other leaders are more comfortable with analytics and data. Other leaders are more comfortable with supporting the team, right? And then those same areas could really challenge other leaders in terms of comfort levels. So the first thing to really understand is kind of behaviorally what feels comfortable and what doesn't. The second component of leadership style and really rounding that out is leadership skills, right? You might have some leaders that because of their DNA, kind of how they're hardwired, need to develop certain skills to offset or round out, right, where those gaps are whether that's organizational skills for leaders who are being asked to be more tactical or whether that's you know, big picture thinking for leaders who by nature have a harder time seeing the big picture, right? And then the third component of this is really around what we call self-awareness and emotional intelligence. We find that leaders who have all three of those components clicking are typically putting themselves in a position to be successful Whereas any of those components being off or a little bit of a gap or creating a little bit of a gap creates some risk for the organization and and for that leader. So again, there's really three things to consider would be leadership DNA, leadership skills, and then of course, emotional intelligence and
0: self-awareness. When you start to figure out or or you're uncovering these things with these leaders, Joe, how do you help people? Basically, how do they prioritize what their gaps are in their leadership styles or leadership development.
1: Yeah, that's really important when it comes to benchmarking success, right? Because depending on where your organization is, whether it's in its life cycle or in the middle of a strategic pivot, strategic priorities for that leader, for their business unit, for their team are really critical. As I mentioned in one of our earlier conversations, some of our clients use 360 assessment tools. And those tools are designed to give a really well-rounded view of how people perceive that leader in terms of their strengths and their weaknesses or their gaps. And it's going to evaluate you on like 26 items, right? Well, if I'm a leader, you know, I've got a job to do, I've got a team to run, I might not have time to choose 26 items to focus on, right? And most likely, All 26 of those items aren't as relevant to my work performance and and the company strategy. So what we encourage leaders to do is really take inventory of what are the strategic priorities uh, of the organization and then start mapping those and using those strategic priorities to really kind of whittle down that list of where they're going to focus so they can borrow a reasonable amount of energy to be mindful of and make some of these pivots and then you know, identify some opportunities to develop skills that are really going to move the needle and keep that leader aligned with the strategic goals of the company.
0: Joe, can you give us an example of real life case? You know, you don't have to disclose the client name, but can you give us an example? So folks who are watching or listening to this, something that might be able to resonate with.
1: I actually have a, a great one I can share. Recently, I was working with a sales leader, right? Very accomplished. You know, 10 year plus sales leader, and he is responsible for five direct reports. So he's got one supervisor and then he also weighed in as well as his direct reports and supervisor on a 360 assessment. He's also, when you look at his behavioral DNA, it's a very intense driven competitive leader. One thing that at times, based on his 360 feedback was getting in his way, is he has a tendency not to delegate and try to do too much himself and not give his direct reports the opportunity to grow and develop. So we looked at, okay, well, what might be the root cause of this? So so we have, as you know, access to the predictive index behavioral assessment, and that really helped us map out what was the root cause at times of his discomfort with delegating, And it really helped him identify some actual strategies to manage that because we were able to get at what the root cause is. And just by making that simple adjustment, he's going to be able to still continue to focus on the things that come natural to him. I mean, his 360 was stellar, right? There was like one gap, right? But that gap was actually getting in his way of achieving some of the results he wanted. And now we were able to not only pinpoint that the source of that gap, but also come up with some actionable strategies to addressing it in the future that are manageable for him and sustainable. That's really important.
0: What was the outcome? How are you guys showing success? You know, is it numbers? If it's more like goal oriented?
1: Yeah. So in certain areas, it's a little easier to map success than others, right? So with something like sales performance, we can really start to track both skill based and production metrics. For this particular leader. We actually will re-administer that 360 in 12 months, so we're going to go back to the same ecosystem of stakeholders, and we're going to be able to map, you know, how well he's doing relative to his original score, so we can actually map progress there. Leadership development's a little tougher, and there's a little bit of a longer runway, you know, in certain areas like hiring or sales performance, we can map
0: those things a little bit more quickly in terms of improvement. This is great because we, we have the same philosophy when it just even comes to clients, you about the 360 assessment, like client success, right? So you have your team member leadership success, but then your client success. And it's so critical to go and just ask the questions. How are we doing? What can we do better internally? And, and, and uncovering that because what you're doing is you, you're really improving your people. I think everything's about people at the end of the day. And same thing with your clients, you're improving the relationships and the trust you have with your clients because you're showing that you care and you're making improvements.
1: And that leads me to one thing too, come that we've been talking a lot about at Cornerstone is the power of data. Because when you can start to really collect data, right? And not, you know, big data, metadata type stuff, but just simple inputs, like, help me understand how we're doing in this area, right? Whether it's using a 360 to assess a leader's performance or, you know, but using net promoter score, right. To better understand how you're servicing your clients or, you know, just something as simple as a client experience survey is so powerful because it gives both the person on the other end confidence that you care. And it's a really great way to just be a little bit humble, right. uh, And put yourself out there and be vulnerable, but two, when you want to make meaningful adjustments on your side of it, it gives you the additional confidence that you're making the right adjustments and that those adjustments are really going to move the needle. All
0: right. Love it. So this is great. Great insight for today. And I look forward to our, our next chat, Joe. All right. Go back to your most important client right
1: there. All right, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> the, the future CEO. She's you know, learning leadership through us. great
1: mentorship, man. It was a pleasure. Thank you.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Cheers. If you have any questions and topics you'd like us to cover, please email me at podcast at inthinkagency.com or message me on LinkedIn.